bless you, God. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is speaking to you this morning. Open yourself up and be willing to be used by him. Yes, yes. He's moving in this house. Yes. And he wants to use you. Father, we thank you for your word and for your faithfulness. We thank you for coming from your throne of glory to be with us this morning and to move in this house among your people. Father, we thank you for the confirmations that are taking place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I ask that this morning that you would deliver a word through me. Father, my dependence is on you this morning. And I pray that you would touch every heart and every mind in this house and that we would be changed in your presence this morning, Jesus. Father, we bless you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this house this morning. And it's been brought because of a willingness to submit and to just worship. And when the spirit of worship ascends to heaven, he can't stay there. The word tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. And the reason he is here this morning is because he is a gracious God, full of love, and when he hears his children singing out to him and crying out to him, he can't resist. And this morning, I really, really have been on my face before God because there are times where I've had words for our house. And there are times where I've had words. And one other time when I ministered, I said I have had words that I labored over and studied and thought I was going to deliver and really realized that that word was just for me. God was dealing with me about something. But this morning and last evening when I was on my face before the Lord, I couldn't separate whether I was being Mary or whether I was being Martha. Because the whole time I was on my face crying out to the Lord, the things that kept going through my mind were the things that Bishop and I have been working on over this past week, getting ready for the dedication of the building. And the 40 years that I keep hearing about of us being a church. And last night before we left here, I went through a blue bin downstairs and was looking through it. And that blue bin contains the 40 years of our church. It's a blue bin full of pictures and photographs. Faces that have gone on to be with the Lord, Faces that have gone on and faces that are still sitting here staring at me, changed but still sitting here staring at me. 
And those things were going through my mind as I was on my face before the Lord. And I said, God, what can I deliver to your people? And he just said to encourage you today. And when I read in scripture, I was taken to Numbers 21.4. And this is when the Israelites were journeying and traveling. They had just had a battle. The spies have already been to Canaan and seen the land and come back and given the report. And in Numbers 21.4, it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass, go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And I read that and I thought, well, we're getting ready to celebrate. There's no discouragement. And I looked up the word discouraged, and it means to be impatient, vexed, grieved because of the way, because of the journey. The in-between, and that's where we are right now. We're in the in-between. We had a word from Pastor Beninate a week ago that said things are changing. Things are about to change. We have two women in our church right now who are going through a major change. They're bringing forth life. And as mothers, they know from the time they found out they were pregnant to when that delivery happens, there are a whole lot of changes that take place. Any woman in this house who has ever given birth knows that. The changes in every area of your life. Your physical being changes. Sometimes you don't like the way it's changing. Your emotions change. The way you do things change. The things that you used to be able to do, you can no longer do. You spend a lot of time crying because you can't do what you used to do. You can't wake up. But something's coming and you know. And even though you know that baby's coming, even though you know that there's something ahead that makes all of this worth it, in the in-between, in that transitional period, sometimes you need to be encouraged. Sometimes someone needs to come up to you and say, you look so pretty today. Grace, you were amazing last week. I was already falling asleep by the time the shower started. <laughs> Sundays are just made for sleeping and naps after church. And you're eight and three quarter months pregnant. <laughs> and you were going around greeting everyone, talking to them, being a hostess, being so sweet and gracious. When I took Grace and John and Princess back home, they wouldn't let me carry a single thing up to their house. They barred the front door of the apartment and wouldn't let me through. <laughs> And Grace is running up and down the stairs taking things. You are a wonder. She's not going to quit working until she goes into labor. And she, she told me that. She's going to continue to work up until she goes into labor. That's true. She can go into labor right there at the hospital. But there are times where we need to be encouraged in that transitional period, in that period in between. And last night, most specifically, when I was reflecting on the pictures I was looking at and thinking of the people in this house, I thought, really, when I talk to you, I don't ever think, I, you, I don't ever think I need to encourage Pastor Beninate. Pastor Beninate is the source of encouragement. You don't encourage the source. You don't go put water in the Evian font. It's there. It's coming from there. It's springing from there. But each person I thought of, I thought, you know what? 
There is a message specifically for you that God wants to deliver. And that message is, the change is coming. And look forward to that change. Look to that change. Because sometimes when we're going through that change, and the discouragement comes in from things not happening when we think they're going to happen. Things not turning out exactly the way we thought they would be turning out. When we reflect back on the report of the spies who went into the land and said, this is big, they're huge, they're giants there. When we look back at the journey and see how far we've come, and we're not there yet, discouragement can set in. When you look at the building and say, but we've done, we've done, we've done, and now we've got to do and do. We're flesh and blood, we're humans. And sometimes little things can creep in. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God is about to do something amazing and miraculous in this house and through this body. And do not look behind, but look forward. Look forward at the delivery of the promise. There are those of us in this house who have children who we have poured into and given to, and they're not here serving beside us. The fat lady hasn't sung yet. And when I hear situations like that, there, there is no fat lady in this house, so she can't even sing. <laughs> we have to get her here first. But we can look at the situations and we can say, why did I do all this? What was it for? We can look at our school. We can look around and say all these things, but that happens only if we're looking around, only if we're looking behind us. Only if we're stuck in the transition and our eyes aren't fixed on the promise. And I have heard time and time and time again the promise of this house, where we won't have room for the people in this place. And that is the promise of the Lord. That has been the word of the Lord. It is yea and amen. amen. I may not see it right this minute, but I know it's coming. Years ago, Pastor Glenn Foster gave me a word, and I've mentioned this word before. I think I was married for about two years. We had one child and one on the way <laughs> already. And he said, you will never have to wonder where your children are. You will never say, where is this one and where is that one? Because they will always be beside you serving. Do you know, from the minute I got that word, it doesn't matter what weirdness might birth itself in the head of one of my children. I never worry. I don't think, oh no, she's going to go running off and be... Because I had a word. I know that they're going to be beside me. So whenever that weirdness creeps up, I think, well, that's just a momentary weirdness and it will be gone. Because I can stand on that word. And we have had word after word about what will happen in this house. Corporately, and we have had word after word individually about each one of you in this house. You may not see your promises yet. You may look in the mirror and say, I'm getting older. Is this ever going to happen? There can be the temptation to get out of line and say, I need to make this happen on my own because it isn't happening. Just keep faithful. Just like Dory. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Stay faithful to the calling and the word that has been placed before us in this house because it is yea and amen and it will come to pass. An interesting thing that I realized this morning. See, last night when I was praying, I just kept feeling God say, encourage them. Encourage them in the way. Encourage them in the transition. Encourage them in the in-between. 
And I had your faces going before me. And I thought, I really don't know what to encourage them about. And God let me know last night as I was sleeping, I don't need to know what specifically to encourage you about because you know what you need to be encouraged about. And my job is just to deliver what he gave me this morning. And my prayer is that it will encourage you. There are some of us in this house who are about to go through a great change. I'm about to go through a great change. Every time bishop and pastor talk about the installation and they look at me and smile, I go like this inside because it's overwhelming. It's only overwhelming if I think I'm the one that's doing it and not God doing it through me and not God leading me. But it's still overwhelming. Why? Because I don't ever want to disappoint you. I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to disappoint anybody. But most specifically, I don't want to disappoint God. And he's going to put me into this position where I can royally disappoint him. But again, my focus has to be on him and the calling. So this morning, I went through some of my prophecies and was amazed at the fact from the very first prophecy I had before I was even married, God was telling me already that I was going to be doing this. Just like the word that you got this morning, Alex. It might seem like, okay, in 20 years from now when you're ministering, and you look back at them and say, Bishop Beninate said this to me in 2020. That sounds strange. I was going to say 19, 2020. I want to first encourage you all to get your words out, your prophecies out. My wife carries hers around with her. She knows where they are in the house at all times, every word she has ever received. And she studies them, and she studies them. And when I'm prone to say, this is too hard, it will never get done, she'll recite something from one of the prophecies. And there's a part of me that wants to say, oh, shut up. Let me wallow in self-pity for just a second. But she won't let me. Why? Because she's determined to only speak the words that have been spoken from the Lord about this house, about our family, about each one of you. And she encourages me. In the transition that we're in right now, and honestly, we're always in transition. I don't know your story. I know you're here today. I know you're here because you're supposed to be here today. But I can guarantee you, you're going through a change. There are changes happening in your life. There are transitions. Don't get discouraged by what you see. Don't get discouraged by the fact that you're not seeing what you thought you'd see by this moment. Because it is in his timing. And in Bishop's sermon three weeks ago when we talked about victory and affliction, and he was talking about the things that we go through, how they strengthen us, imagine what this promise really must entail for the strengthening that has been happening in this body, for the weeding that has happened in this body. Karen, Marilyn, you're in a new phase of life. I think of retiring someday, but then I think, I think of empty nests someday, and I don't, that will never happen. But I think of retiring someday, and I think, what will I do if I, you, you can't, I, I, what would I do if I retire? And you both are in a position now where I saw a picture on some social media recently of the two of you in a very extreme game of Scrabble together recently with each other. You're in a new phase of life, but it isn't over. It isn't done. Your calling hasn't ended because you stopped teaching here. Your job isn't finished. There's something new that God has ahead for you. But if you're looking back at the past and looking at the 
side to side and not looking forward, you can get very discouraged. So I, this morning, after I came to the office and said, how do I encourage them? There were three specific things that I just really want to encourage us in. And I keep saying the word encourage because I want you to be encouraged. It's one of those things, if you keep repeating it, maybe we'll get in. But the very first thing is, accept the transition. Accept it and be prayerful and be flexible. There are changes coming in your life. I know there is something incredible that God has in store for you. I don't know if it's, what's the name of that country again? It's just Zimbabwe, the Z place, something, the dream center. There is something because God has laid all these different things on your heart and it's not done. You're not done. You're not some little old lady who's going to sit at home and say, well, my job is done, and knit doilies for everybody you know, and socks for your, your bounce your great-grandchild on your life. God has something incredible in store for you. But if you look around and say, what am I needed for anymore? Really? But it's possible, because someone who has been so hands-on in everything Everything. There's not one thing that goes on here that your hands haven't helped shape and mold. And now you're starting to hand these things over. And it's very possible that your hands can feel empty unless you look ahead and see what God has for you. Accept the change. Know that it is good. And you can accept it when you trust the Lord. When your eyes are set on him and you know that he absolutely has a good and perfect plan for you, you can accept the change. And you have to be flexible. You have to be willing. You have to be ready to preach on a moment's notice. You have to, you, you have to be ready to do whatever and just trust God and know that he will meet you right there at that point where you think, I don't think I can do this, but Lord, I'm willing. You will be amazed. The second thing is, the transition period is a very vulnerable time for us. I know Lila and Daniel just recently went to their first appointment. And they got to hear the heartbeat. They were told a whole bunch of things about what to expect. And then they're going to start taking classes. And I remember these classes where they teach you to breathe. To breathe. And the right way to push. And all these different things. Because they know that... You're coming up to a point. You're coming up to a stage where you're going to have to take care of something that you've never done before. You're going to be a way that you've never been before. Something absolutely brand new is about to be birthed. And that exact same principle applies to us when God wants to birth something new through us. We have to breathe. We have to be flexible. We have to know what to do. But we have to be encouraged. And in these transitional times when the people were in the wilderness Jesus was tempted in the wilderness he was in the transition leading up to his destiny but he was able to stand on the word and rebuke every attempt of the enemy to come against him every bit of discouragement that would come his way he just fought off with the word he was able to fulfill his calling thank you Jesus because of that, because he stayed faithful and he stayed focused because of the crown set before him, he was willing to endure it because his eyes were forward. His eyes weren't looking back at where he had come from. His eyes weren't looking side to side, but they were stayed and they were forward. 
get out the prophecies. Get out the word. Let that be your carrot. Keep looking at that. That's what God is saying is going to happen. That's what God has promised will come to pass. The biggest part of that transitional period, as I said before, is trust. Just trusting God. Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do not look to your own resources. Do not look at what you are able to do. Trust him to do the incredible through you. We have story after story after story in the word of people who did the miraculous simply because they trusted. We have little David. We have, I mean, it goes on and on and on. All these incredible saints that we know about thousands of years later. And the only thing that they did was trusted. They trusted him to use them and work through them. Be encouraged because if we just simply trust him, he will use us to do amazing things because he is our shepherd. And the last thing that I thought about that could be an encouragement to us, as we're going through the transition, and I said we tend to look back. Sometimes we tend to stare back. We don't just look back. And I found myself doing that last night as I was going through that bin. I'm a very visual person, you know, I've said that before. When I give a word, usually the word is some kind of visual thing that I've seen, if it's a prophecy. And I'm going through this bin, and the reminiscing starts, and then in some areas there's some sorrow that starts. And it's very possible to just stay there. It's very possible to just get stuck there. I remember one time at pastor's house, I asked her about the board that she had. And I've mentioned this before. She had a board in her house that had pictures of people. And there were, a lot of them were kids who have gone to our school who are no longer in the, in the church. And I looked at that and said, how can you even look at that? Doesn't that discourage you? Doesn't that make you sad? And she said, no. Those are my kids and I'm praying for them because God has a plan for them. Where were her eyes? On the future for those kids, on the destiny for those kids. Where were my eyes? Look at what we've done for them. I mean, why even do it anymore? Really? Let's just be done. Let's go to Florida, okay? But her eyes were where they were supposed to be. They were ahead. But we can get stuck in the past. And getting stuck in the past, getting stuck looking back at what used to be, getting stuck looking at, well, I used to do this. Why can't I just continue doing this? And why do I have to step into this new area. When we get stuck, we get stuck. The transition becomes hard. We can become bitter. We can start fault-finding and complaining. And if we have ever found ourselves doing that, then, then we're stuck. And if we haven't found ourselves doing that, but our kids have told us we're doing that, we're stuck. Sometimes our kids are much better at letting us see ourselves than we are. <laughs> But if we're stuck, all we need to do is turn. All we need to do is turn and look the other direction. In Revelation, when John the Revelator opens up the entire realm of the heavenly worship service, when he gives us the revelation that is supposed to be the type for the church, what was he doing? It said he heard a voice behind him. And what did he do? He said, I turned. I turned and I saw, boom. Everything we have from Revelation came simply because he turned. 
He was willing to change his position and look around. And so many times that's so hard for us to do because we're so busy just looking back, remembering when, looking at that long journey, thinking of all those words that came and here I am right here and they still haven't happened. This morning, turn. Turn. The Israelites, when they were going to the Promised Land, an entire generation had to die out before they were able to make it in. Because why? That generation was longing for what they had back in Egypt. That generation was complaining about the journey. That generation was finding fault with their leader, Moses. That generation was stuck. They could not get to the Promised Land because they refused to turn and see the promise. Christ the King Church, we have a promise. And we hear it every few months, reminded through a prophecy or through a message of what God has called this house to be. And you are a part of it. You are not taking up space. You are not filling up a chair. You are a part of that promise. And there is a very specific destiny and calling that God has for you, no matter how old you are or how young you are. If you get your eyes on that promise, it's amazing how you start to find your place in that promise. Yesterday we had a work day, and there was a whole lot to be done. And because of my Martha spirit, I was nervous that things weren't being done exactly the way I wanted to be done because I couldn't be in every area at the same time. So I spent a whole lot of time just running from area to area, checking on people, making sure that things were done exactly the way I wanted, and no sweep off the sidewalk more, no clean up under that more, do this. And I was running around and running around and running around. And then after I stopped running around, I just stood at this door for a while and looked outside and watched the kids who were outside. And watched them. They were looking around and they were seeing the things that needed to be done. And they were going and taking care of them. And they were standing there looking around. They knew what the purpose was yesterday. And all I had to do was let them know the purpose. I didn't need to be out there micromanaging them. And when I stood back and watched them, they were finding their place and the purpose. They saw something that needed to be done, and they went over. They didn't stand there saying, oh, that's really not my calling to go to Lee's. I mean, they went and stepped in. And God will do that for every one of us if we focus and set our eyes on what he has called us to do. I want to close with talking about our bishop and pastor. The, the, the setters of our purpose. No, there, there's something that I realized last night. In, in the transition that's coming forth in April, there are so many things that we can be concerned about, wondering about, worrying about, unsure about. And the thing that's important that we understand is every house has a vision. And our vision is not the same as the vision across the street, or why would God put us both here fighting against each other for the same vision? We each have our own calling, our own vision, and this house has a very clear and very specific vision. And just because some titles are going to change, and some faces in specific areas might change, the vision doesn't change. The vision might take on different methodologies, but the vision of this house is the vision of this house. And the vision of this house is to be a catalyst for people to know that glory that's going to cover the earth. The vision of this house is to be a provoker in worship. To study to show yourselves approved, a workman who can rightly divide the word of truth. The vision of this house is continually laid out weekly by our bishop if we're willing to listen and hear his heart.
that doesn't change. That's a constant. That's the foundation of Christ the King Church. And so I want to make sure that when we're gearing up to April, that this body is praying for the presbytery. Because in the time of transition and transitioning for something like this, there is no greater area that the enemy might try to sneak in and cause frustration, cause hurt feelings, cause misunderstandings, cause bitterness, cause... Because when Jesus was going through his transition and he was approaching his destination, that's when Jesus was tempted by the enemy. And so I remember one time, Pastor gave a word and she said, and it was to us, the, the quad, she said, the enemy would like to divide you. Be wary, be prayerful, and be keen and pay attention. Be wise as serpents and gentle as doves with each other. I want to make sure that there isn't any trick that the enemy might try to come and sneak in underhandedly or behind the scenes to create any frustration, concern, dissension, division in this body or among the presbytery because that can be a temptation in a time of change. But if our eyes are focused on the promise and not the situations and not the faces, there's no temptation other than to give glory to God for his great goodness. Amen. I'm going to pray for you because we're all going through this change together. And it's a great privilege of mine to pray for you. I pray for you daily. I have some of your pictures. My top drawer upstairs has some really old pictures of you. But as I said, because of being visual, I like to see your face sometimes when I'm praying for you. But this morning, I want to pray for you specifically for the change and the transitions that are going to be happening soon and for the destiny that this place has that we have, we have no idea, but you're a part of it. Amen. Would you please stand? Father, you are so faithful and so good. And Lord, our desire is to be faithful to you in every area. And Lord, as you lead us and as you guide us and as you process us toward the callings that you have for this house, corporately and individually, Father, I pray that you would help us to stay focused and stay on path. Lord, I speak against any temptation to look back, to find fault, to be bitter, to scan for things that would disappoint us. Father, I rebuke those things right now. Help us to take and arrest any thought that would enter our minds or our hearts that would cause us to do anything except stay stayed on you and what you're doing. And Father, I pray for this church and I pray for the presbytery and I pray for our oversight that there would be no spirit other than the spirit of joy and encouragement for what you are doing in this house, Jesus. Father, you will add. Father, you will provide. And as long as we stay focused on you, you can use us to reach your people. Lord, 
use us. Have your way in this house. Let Christ the King Church be known throughout the land and heralded as a place where the habitation of the Lord Most High is. And reach the community through us, Lord. Show each person in this house their position, their placement. I pray that you would awaken anew a vision and a hope. I pray that you would allow us and cause us to dare to dream so that new seeds would be able to be planted in our minds and in our hearts of what you want done to make this place exactly what you have called it to be. Father, we give you the glory and we give you the honor. And I thank you for Christ the King Church, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are special. And you, of all people, need to be encouraged because God has something miraculous for you. Just keep focused on him.